you guys have your Bible, uh, you can turn to Matthew chapter 4, verse 23 through 25. I'm going to read our Matthew prayer over us so we don't have to read it. It's actually going to be changing next week um, just to make it flow a little bit easier. So uh, in all that good stuff, and uh, Angie wrote this next one. And so as we start the Sermon on Mount, we'll actually have a new prayer. But so let me pray this over us at least uh, maybe this one last time. Our Father, allow your Holy Spirit to reveal to us this wise picture of Jesus' life. Teach us to listen, consider, and implement what we see into the way we live. Let us see your kingdom anew, and let our desires be to seek and follow your ways. Jesus, we want to be your disciples. Help us live our lives for you. Amen. Now, typically... I'll read the scripture, but today, again, we're Matthew 4, 23 through 25. We are a week away from starting the Sermon on the Mount. I, I don't know how long we'll be in the Sermon on the Mount. I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be probably around 30 weeks or so. Um, no need to rush through it. Next week, we're going to do a little bit of introduction. And we're basically, we're just going to read the whole thing as the sermon that Jesus would have given. I mean, it's a, it's a famous sermon. It's a famous sermon where a number of people were gathered to listen to Jesus speak. But here's the thing. The reason why I'm saying this before we get into this uh, sermon is they really just wanted to be around Jesus, these people. But here's the question. Why? Why was it? Because he got baptized? Because he was tempted? Because uh, he was preaching repentance? No, we're going to see why that Jesus, the son of a carpenter, who was known to some of the people in that area, would have such a big draw, and why people would line up and to hear him, uh, hear from him in the first place. And, and, and this kind of goes in to answer the question, well, what is it about this Jesus guy? And we will see something that Jesus is about today. And as we take a look at this, we can see why he was able to draw a large crowd. Or maybe even it was he, wasn't, he couldn't prevent drawing such a big crowd because of the things that he was doing uh, for God the Father as he was being directed in that. So here is Matthew 4, 23 through 25. And he, that being Jesus, went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogue and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria. And they were brought and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures, and paralytics, and he healed them. And the great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis, and from Judea, Jerusalem and Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. We are at this point where Jesus was very early on in his ministry. It isn't clear yet, at least not from Matthew, whether he had gathered all his 12 disciples or he just had Andrew, Peter, James, and John that he gathered. We saw him gather last week as he said, follow me. And even as Jesus is getting going, again, this remember, this is a remote region. This is not the major hub. This is not this uh, big a place of economics and business and news being spread out. But the rumor was spreading about Jesus. 
People were hearing about him. People were hearing some of the great things that Jesus was doing. And there is an anticipation building. You can feel it as you go slow through Matthew and read it. There's an anticipation that is being built that this Jesus guy is something great. He's not ordinary. He's not, he's not just this guy, this carpenter's son, but he's something more. He's got to be. And they're hoping that it's the Messiah. They're hoping that it's the Messiah. They're hoping it's the one who has come to set all things right. Don't we want that? Amen. We want Jesus to come in and set all things like, uh, uh, right in our lives. And this, is, this, this type of thing happens in big cities and small towns alike. Right? There's, there are ways that words spread that don't need a newspaper, that don't need a YouTube video, right? that don't need a post of any sort or kind. There's just word of mouth. Did you hear? Did you hear? Did you see? Were you there when that sort of thing was happening? People talking to one another, telling and trading the latest of news from that region. This would have taken place anywhere. Um, it would have taken place at the gates of the city where somebody, people would start talking about this or, uh, or in the trading goods that usually came when you traded goods, you would also trade stories. You would see what's going on, right? How many of us have been in a conversation with somebody where we have a mutual friend and you go, well, what about so-and-so? How are they? And you trade stories and you, and you get it. It's not rumors or gossip. It's just, you're trying to find out what's going on with them. And in a way, this is a huma- the way humanity has worked for a long time. And Jesus is using this. Jesus is using this or he's just letting it happen. This is one way that we learn and grow from others. And this is actually a beautiful thing of this community where we're talking with one another. We're swapping stories with one another. And as we swap stories, what are we doing? We're sharing our very lives. We're allowing things to go on. And when Jesus does something in our lives and we're sharing our lives, then guess what we're doing? We're sharing Jesus. We're sharing the good news that he's coming and he is changing us. And it isn't always easy to live this this way when you're just sharing. But when you do life with someone, you tend to hear things about them. Lord willing, it doesn't devolve into gossip. Amen? Like it doesn't devolve into rumor spreading or anything like that. But I'll speak for me. When I have a mutual friend that has something going on that is big in their life, I would love to find out. I would love to find out. And I would love to, I love to pray for people. So it's like, I would love to pray or offer a congratulations if something great happened or, or call them and just say, Hey man, I heard that this happened or this is happening right now. And I'm not on social media right now. I don't, I have an Instagram, but I don't ever use it anymore. And I'm not on Facebook. Um, but I, and I'd love to hear what's going on as long as it's not gossip, as long as it's not just rumor spreading or anything like that. But this is the way This is the old way, the ancient way that is about hearing about others. And it's a beautiful thing. And in this mini story, these couple verses of Jesus gathering people. And if we lived back then, we'd see people that we knew were different. We'd see people that we knew were different. Imagine this. If you're back in that day, uh, a man or woman who sat at a gate of the town that you lived near A man or woman at the, who sat at the gate of the town that you li- lived near and begged for money or food or services. You would have seen this person. 
You would have seen this person, but then you walk into the city and they're no longer there. This person, maybe they've been there the entire life as long as you can remember. Well, why aren't they there? And then you'd just find out, hey, what happened to that person? What happened to that person? And then you'd hear what happened. And that you'd hear that, well, this guy, Jesus came to town and Jesus laid hands on her and healed her. And you'd, you would then see her around the town or maybe even ask, well, how, how is she doing or how did that happen or what was, what was going on? And when she tells the story, she doesn't have all the answers. She doesn't have some mysterious thing. It's just like, I don't know. One day I was crippled and now I can walk. And this is when she tells this story, she's telling a story about what Jesus did. And it's a beautiful thing. And it, it, she knows that Jesus showed up and changed her life. This is great news. Amen? This is great news for the one who's crippled and sitting by a gate and can get up and now walk around and be an active member in the community to a level where they've never been able to participate again. Then, the, then uh, they now know who this Jesus is, even if they've never met him, and they're trying to find out who he is, and as they start to hear about him, their curiosity is spiked. They're like, okay, well, look, I've seen her for years, and now all of a sudden I see her different. And we want to encounter Jesus in this way, don't we? We want to encounter him in what we see and what he's about. We want to see people changed and then go, look, maybe you're not the one changed, but you want to see it and go, Okay, well, I know God's at work. And that encourages us to keep going. But think of this. What if the miracle happened to someone in your family? Someone that you are closer to. Someone maybe we know that you would have taken care of. Somebody that you, you'd spent time being concerned for. Or you've either been the primary caregiver or somebody who's <clears throat> filled in at a time. Maybe it is someone who is, um, our family is like taking shifts and taking care of because of the extra energy it takes us to do this. Maybe it's someone with seizures or, or a paralytic. And then one day, Jesus comes by. And let's pretend you're out in a field or something or or some other task and you aren't home when Jesus comes by and you come home and this person who you've been laboring over for years and years is upright and telling a story about being healed by this man, Jesus. Ooh, that's powerful, isn't it? Like you knew what they were like and now all of a sudden you know what their difference. Wouldn't you be curious about Jesus? Who is this person? Who, wouldn't you want to meet him? Wouldn't you want to go out and flock and just hear what he's got to say and be like, well, look, I don't know much about him, but at least he healed this person that I love. So I'm going to be all ears for this man, Jesus. I would be very, very curious. And I'd be wondering, who is this guy? Who is this Jesus? Like, even if you, uh, even as you hear his name, yeah, his name's Jesus. He healed me. And if we witness this or witness around somebody, we might even rejoice in hearing his name. Like something's going on inside us when we hear his name. It's probably like the, what I can attribute it to is like when I uh, heard Mo's name and then like I saw her and I met her and then all of a sudden I just hear her name and it's just it does something. She's out of town this week. So when I hear Mo's name, I'm like, please, I'm, my kids just need a better meal than the one I can prepare. But it's really like it's one of those things we might rejoice 
in hearing the name of Jesus, this is what we want for ourselves, isn't it? Every day that when we hear the name of Jesus, we can rejoice. And you'd probably start to expect that if you heard Jesus and you saw these things that Jesus isn't done, you would expect that he can do more. I know lots of us have prayer requests in here that are unanswered for years past. And that Jesus didn't only heal and change your loved one or your neighbor, but we might even be thinking, might Jesus bless me as well? Might Jesus bless me? These deeds of Jesus build an expectation. They were building an expectation in that region in a very great way. And when we encounter Jesus, he has a way of opening us up to, and believing new possibilities. Amen? In Jesus, we've seen changes in ourselves or in others that we didn't know was possible. That what we thought was once impossible is becoming possible with God through the person and the work of Jesus. And I'm a firm believer that this should amaze us. Even today, that this should amaze us. Lord willing, this causes us to want to see more of Jesus, more of his good work, more of his wonder-working power, more of his glory being revealed on earth as it is in heaven. When Jesus comes into our lives, the things that just were, like the cripple or the paralytic, the things that just were are made different. They're made different. Not made perfectly, not necessarily made different overnight, but there are mighty acts and miracles that Jesus wants to perform and we get to give him the glory and the credit for all these things. There's so much that Jesus did in this short, short section of scripture that changed the lives of many people in that region in, in that day. And all who heard were affected by it in a great way. So much so that it gathered a crowd. And I pray that we who hear might be affected by this story even today. It is good to taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen? It is good to know that Jesus is good to us. It is good to take a closer look and a slow, concentrated look at Jesus' works in our lives. We read... That scripture, I will give thanks to you with, uh, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. Can we recount all of them? All of them? Because there's so many. And I could tell you uh, story upon story of people who have seen healed. I've seen God do miraculous work from different things. Maybe some of them accredited it to Jesus healing them. Some of them didn't, but I've seen it. Lives who have been changed by Jesus. And I've seen entire families that have had radical transformations because they met Jesus and allowed Jesus to shape their lives. And I would say this is true for my life as well. Story upon story upon story. I'm different. You guys don't. Most of you don't know me when, from when I was a 20-year-old or a teenager. My mom does, thank God. But I am different. I'm not perfect by any stretch. But I am much different than I was before I met Jesus. Not only when I met Jesus, but allowed him to come and be Lord of my life. And serve him and follow him. And walk through the message that he's proclaiming, repentance. I'm a different person because I get to walk with Jesus day in and day out. Now many of us have a way of, uh, of uh, not trusting in things because we don't know them to be true, right? We don't know them to be true. We haven't seen it 
And unless it comes uh, from something we've heard or seen with our own senses or it comes from a trusted source, um, many of us have a lot of skepticism and scrutiny for the things that we hear about that we haven't seen or experienced. Now, I'll say this in twofold. I'm not shaming you if this is you because this is me for sure. And I don't think God built heap shame on us. In one sense, I believe this is very helpful as we discern the Spirit of God. We need to discern because there's going to be a lot of things that come in Jesus' name that weren't done in Jesus' name. And we need help. So a little bit of skepticism and scrutiny could actually save us from just going whatever way, this way or that way that the, the world is just wanting us to go. But however, when it comes to the things of Jesus, we know, we know what we know isn't all that there is. What we know isn't all that there is. On Grace and Mercy Church's website, which I know many of you guys have spent hours on and poured over uh, multiple times, but I put a quote up from Eugene Peterson at the beginning, and it says this. It says, in the matters of God's grace, hyperboles, now hyperbole is uh, um, like an exaggeration. Hyperbole is something that kind of get like, I think of it as like kind of an explosion. It's like, yeah, this is true, but you make the story bigger. But in the matters of God's grace, hyperboles are understatements. I say this is true for the nature of Jesus' work in our midst as well. That there is nothing that he can't do. Body and soul, there's nothing that he can't do. And we can't allow, uh, and we can't know all there is to know about Jesus in his work. I'll say this, our experiences and our knowledge are limited. Even if we know a lot, even though we live in the information age. Jesus really does want to us to walk in humility to trust that he is far more creative that he is far more competent than we might allow him to be there's no such thing as hyperbole with jesus he is the creator after all he is this maker and sustainer of this world after our all one of the questions i have for us today is are we willing to let jesus do the big and unimaginable things in our lives Big and unimaginable things in our lives. What if there's a prayer request that we've had for 30 years and it hasn't been answered? Are we living day to day allowing Jesus to be big and unimaginable even in those prayer requests? Are we willing to let Jesus do a miracle in our lives and in the lives of the ones that we pray for? Are we willing to let Jesus create in us a new heart even though we've been walking with him for some time and a new mind even though we already know a lot? Jesus is trying to expand what we know about him, to grow what we know about him and how we experience him and his grace and his love in our lives. Jesus is trying with this scripture to open up the box of what we know about him and give us a bigger box. He isn't trying to open us up to believe in other gods or believe in idols or believe in solutions to, to our lives, uh, lives' problems that don't involve him. No, he is opening up this box so that he is trying to lead us into a greater understanding of who he is, his greatness, and his wonder-working power in our lives. With Jesus, we are always being expanded, and we always have an ever-deepening understanding of who he is in our lives, a deeper understanding of his ways and his words over us. We fall, as we follow Jesus, he leads us deeper and deeper and deeper. And I hope that we let him.
Lord willing, we are not just camped out the, at the place where we met Jesus and we just stay right there. But we pick up our cross and we follow him. And I pray that as we follow him, we might get to know him more and more and never stop getting to know this Jesus. So that we might be out there for the Sermon on the Mount, sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to him. In this scripture, we see Jesus preaching, healing, casting out demons. It appears he went to some and others were brought to him. The gospel of his kingdom that he was preaching, as we've already seen, is repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And if we remember, repentance is turning away from something and turning towards something else in a way where your life is dedicated to that other thing. So we repent from living for ourselves. We repent from our sin and we turn to Jesus and we live for him. This is more than just confession. This is more than saying, I want to follow him. This is actually walking it out. This is boots on the ground saying, yes, Lord, I'm not doing it perfectly, but I'm going to seek you. I'm going to seek your face. I'm going to walk with you. We don't just confess that we need Jesus. We live like, we believe, and we walk in the need of him every moment of every day. And then these miracles that Jesus performed were miracles that, honestly, if you think about it, they benefited the individual. How many of us have prayers that would benefit us, right? Amen. Healing, Jesus was healing people and making their lives a little easier for those who were healed and those who cared for the one who was healed. Even, yeah, even if you think about it, he was, he was taking care and healing the community and lightening the burden on the communities for these people who were healed. These were things that people desired to be freed from. People desired to be free from things that they, that, that they expected that Jesus would heal or deliver them, them from. And Jesus did this for many. Not, all, not everybody that he came across because we see later in the book of Acts, James and John and the apostles doing miracles in Jesus' name as well. But these miracles benefited the people that were there. There are things that we bring to Jesus. Amen? And we... Bring to him and we ask him to heal us and we ask him to deliver us from. Or there's things that we don't go to Jesus with. Then in some of the things I pray that we might allow Jesus in and to change our lives because when we go to Jesus, it is good. It is good and we can expect him to act because every time he shows up, things happen. Lives are changed. Lives are not left the same. And I know that this is a story of these people and these healings that happened over 2,000 years ago. And I realize that Jesus walked with these folks differently than he walks with us now. But I think it is right and proper, and I believe it's the teaching of Scripture for us to believe and expect that Jesus can and still does these miracles. Can and still does these miracles. We still come to Jesus, even if not in person, we do it in prayer, and we do this out of our worship to him. We can still come to Jesus and expect him to do something great. We can expect this every day. I would argue that we need to expect for Jesus to do something great. Now, even though these things benefited the people, I don't believe these folks were healed just for the self-serving purposes. That's not why Jesus does this thing. They were healed to help tell the greatness and glory that is due Jesus' name. Amen? Same for us. Same for us. These, Jesus doesn't just 
heal or do miracles in our life for self-serving purposes so we can take it in on ourselves and go, hey, look what I got. No, Jesus heals us and does these things. And there may be some things that we are praying for that are selfish and we want them for selfish purpose or maybe even mixed purposes, right? Maybe even mixed purposes if we're being honest. Like they're not all selfish, but it would be a benefit, that kind of thing. Jesus does these miracles. He does miracles so that we might make much of him make his name famous, right? Like in this scripture, fame spread throughout the land for this man, Jesus. We don't want them for making much of us. We're not great. Jesus is great. We're fine. Jesus loves us. That's great. But Jesus does these miracles so that we might make much of him that his name might spread, that his fame would be known even in and throughout Everett. And that changes that he is making will make a difference for good in this world. Amen? Let, Let us ask this. Let us ask and expect from Jesus great things. Not just good things, great things, unexpected things. Let these things bring a crowd as we proclaim his name and proclaim the work of Jesus' greatness that is on display in and through our lives. I'm going to leave us with this. It's kind of a series of questions, but are you open enough to trust that Jesus can heal you and change you? I don't know all the pains that are in here. I don't know all the aches. I don't know where we need healing in our mind, the scars from the past. Are you open enough to allow Jesus to shape your life and your mind? What I mean by this question, are you willing enough to just drop what you have like the disciples did last week and follow him? Count the cost. It's a big cost. But are you willing to do this and allow Jesus to shape your life and mind. Some of us, we may have gotten saved at one point and we just stay there. We're content with salvation. But are we content to go kind of deeper with Jesus? Allow him to lead us into this. You could ask it this way. Who is going to be the authority in your life? You? Jesus? Your limited experience on how things work or your views or the things of God done by grace in and through the life of Jesus Christ? Are we allowing, are we willing to allow others to see the work that God is doing? This is a big question too, because sometimes God does work and we just kind of hide it. We hide behind it. We're embarrassed to share that we are broken and Jesus healed us. But are we willing to allow others to see the work that God is doing so that others might see and glorify Jesus, that they might too believe in him? This is actually one of the hardest questions I think that I wrote down. Are we open enough to believe that Jesus loves us like he said he did? Are we open enough to uh, allow Jesus' love to come in and, and just that we believe that he wants good for us? This is what the scriptures teach. I think love and grace, the love and grace of Jesus are impossible things. It's very hard to believe in. It's it's easier for us to believe that we earned it somehow. It's easier to believe somehow that uh, Jesus just sees all the bad things that we do. 
And we're so thankful for the cross because Jesus took those upon himself. He died for us and he rose again so that we might be forgiven. Sometimes we celebrate this and it's easy for us to believe us. But are you open enough to believe that Jesus loves you? And that he wants good in your life? Jesus is gathering people to himself. We're going to hear his message more so in a minute, but as we look at his life, you can see when Jesus shows up, great and unexpected things happen. Jesus goes beyond anything that we might know about him, and he surprises us constantly. Let us allow Jesus to surprise us, to heal us, and to deliver us. Jesus, will you please come into our lives? Lord, in spirit and in truth and in power. In Jesus' name, amen.